Last week, um, Pastor Scott did a ser- or sermon, message on, we a little, well, a little hot there, um, did a message on healing. And we had a wonderful time at the end of the service uh, where we prayed with groups of people, uh, different people throughout both the end of the first service and end of the second service. And it was, it was fabulous. And um, I don't know how many people came in those different groups, but we stayed around for a long time. And you know what? If you, one, if you have a story uh, off last week, we would love to hear that, what God is doing in and through us. Um, but if you didn't get a chance to come forward or you want to come forward at some point, um, we're just reminded again and again, James 5, uh, if, you're, if you um, are sick, uh, call the elders. Get the elders to come and I want you and pray for you. And so that is an ongoing thing here at our church. I know we do these services a couple times a year where we really focus. But if um, at some point either you missed last Sunday or at some point in the future, you would love the elders or some leaders to pray with you and over you, uh, fill out a card, uh, chat with Pastor Aaron or Pastor Scott or any of us leaders after the service, and we would love to do it. There's always a couple of our leaders up at the front after every service that would love to pray for you about whether it's something in the service or something else that's going on in your life. Um, take advantage of that. That's, that's really important. Um, but certainly if there is some specific healing that you would love prayer for, um, we can arrange to come to your place or do it after church here or whatever. We can make that happen. And we do that um, often uh, here at the church. So don't wait for the next healing service uh, to have someone pray over you and with you. Uh, do that when it's needed, okay? So we're in the middle of this new or of this series, I'm in, but. So this morning, um, uh, we're, you know, in, it's fall, right? Or, you know, it feels like winter out there almost, right? And the last thing on our minds is our lawns. Most of us have, you know, put our lawnmowers away. The gardens are all done and done with. If the snow hadn't got it, we've already figured out how to clean those up this year. Uh, so the last thing on our minds is the weeds in our lawns, right? Um, and that's a good thing because we've done enough of that for the last few months. And so um, before you know it, spring will come. It's, it's just around the corner. It's just around the corner. But before you know it, spring will come and our lawns will start growing and those weeds will start approaching and coming up through the lawns. And there's that one little beautiful flower that we all love at least when we were toddlers, um, that little dandelion will grow. And, uh, yeah, our, our toddlers love to pick those and give them to their moms uh, with a big smile on their face, and we all said thank you because they're so beautiful. But most of us, if you're like me, hate dandelions, and we do everything we can to get rid of those things. We were out in uh, Kananaska several years back over a long weekend in May, and we attended one of those provincial parks uh, interpretive shows. I don't know if you've ever done those, They're very fun, very entertaining, and uh, this particular uh, interpretive show uh, featured, the star of the show was the dandelion, those nasty things. The dandelion, as I learned, is not native to Canada. Did you know that? It's not native to Canada. It is known as an alien plant, go figure, Um, came from Europe. And, uh, and for the most part, it's not really a bad plant. I think you can even eat them. 
You can make a dandelion salad out of it if you're desperate. Um, in my lawn, I get rid of them, right? And I'm sure in your lawns, you try to get rid of them. You do whatever you can. You dig them out at the root. You, you know, herbicides or whatever if you have to. You know, and you look at your neighbor's lawn, and you might go and help them a little bit too because, you know, if what's in their lawn is going to be in your lawn. So whatever we do, right? We get rid of these little nasty things. Um, well, I'm not talking about dandelions this morning, but I, there is a verse in the Scripture that talk about another weed in our life. And the Bible speaks about a root, actually, that we need to remove in our life, in our lives. And, it, and this relates to our message this morning. I'm in, but I won't let that go. I'm in, but I just I can't let that go. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Hebrews 12, verse 15. And there's a verse tucked between a couple of other verses. Uh, on one side, the verse is talking about holy living, and a verse on the other side talking about immorality and godlessness, basically living outside of God, away from God. But in verse 15, it says this, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out here it is, that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And the main point of this message and of this passage is that bitterness is deadly. Bitterness is deadly. It is sinful, and it will not only trouble you, but it will corrupt those around you. It will affect those around you. That's why the writer in this passage starts out by saying, look after one another. We're meant to be in community. We're meant to do life together. We say that often around here at UDAC. We're meant to do life together, whether it's this big, large community or in small groups. We're meant to do it together. But... We must not, but we must not let a root of bitterness grow in us. We must let it go. Don't start singing. Some of you will get that. No. What is it in your life that you have to let go of? What is it in your life that you have to let go of? And that's a great question for us to ask this morning. Most of us here, if not all of us, have something or someone we need to let go of. What and who might that be for you this morning? Where does this root of bitterness come from? It starts with a statement or a posture like this. I am a Christian or I love Jesus, but I can't let this go. I won't. It's not fair. I don't, I don't need to. I shouldn't. I, I can't. When we refuse or are unwilling to forgive someone for something they have done to us or someone we know, a seed of bitterness takes root and begins to grow in us. And it grows up to trouble us, to affect us, to disrupt us, and it corrupts those around us. It affects those around us. For this does not only affect you, but it affects those around us. 
and especially those that we love and we care about. Is there someone in your life that has hurt you? Maybe it is someone that you work with. Something someone has done or maybe something that someone has not done or something someone has said or not said. Maybe it's someone in our church community or in our community in general. There is bitterness towards this person. Think for a moment. Ask Jesus this question and then listen for the first person that comes to your mind. Jesus, who is it? What is it that's in my life that I can't let go of right now? Who is it? What is it, Jesus, that I can't, I refuse to let go of? The Holy Spirit wants to work in us and through us when we stop and ask those questions. Who is that person that comes to mind? Who do you hold bitterness toward if you're honest with yourself and with God today? Don't explain it away. Don't sweep it under the carpet. Minimize it, neutralize it, and go, no, 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 that was nothing. That was... Don't. Just listen to what God is saying to you. The Holy Spirit brought them to mind for a reason, because he loves you and wants you uh, and wants to get rid of this cancerous root that you are holding on to and that's eating you from the inside out and affecting you and those around you, whether you think it is or not. It may have been last week, it may have been last year, it may have been decades ago when you were younger, it's a small child maybe, but you know in your heart there is a root of bitterness that you've never truly let go of or forgiven this person at all. Let's be honest, no denial, who is it? In the book, The Christian Atheist by Craig Rochelle, he talks about a story in his life where he realized a root of bitterness had taken hold and how he, through God's grace, not, he didn't just grin and bear it and go, okay, I can do this. No, he did it through God's grace, was able to let it go. This did not happen overnight either. It didn't. Craig had a younger sister whom he was very close with. He found out that the, his little sister had been abused for several years by a close friend. And I can only imagine how he felt when he found out. He was not going to forgive this guy. He shouldn't have to, right? He believed in God, but he wouldn't. He didn't have to, right? Let, let this one go. He felt justified in his bitter hatred toward this guy. So this poisonous root took a foothold in his life, and it grew, and it grew. This root absorbed and stored hurt, anger, hatred, and even thoughts of revenge. Where love keeps no record of wrongs, bitterness keeps very detailed accounts. And not only will this root grow up to create trouble with and within you, but it will begin to trouble and affect those around you, whether you believe it or not. It does. 
And again, especially those that you care most about. Bitterness has that effect on us. Some of us might be thinking, this is not me. Yet bitterness, not always, bitterness does not always have to start with such a tragic or drastic offense or situation. It might be just a little word or action that we've taken offense to and planted our little seed of bitterness inside us. And this little bitterness begins to grow and grow. Just like a spark that lands in a tinder dry forest that bursts into a raging fire of destruction, so a small seed of bitterness can grow and become destructive as well to us as to those around us. So how do we get rid of this root? Some of us may think we've chopped it off, but if it's anything like a dandelion, that nasty little root is strong in the ground. And we could take off the, the top part, but it grows back up again. Come on, grows back up again. Ephesians 4, verse 31 and 32. It's pretty clear. Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Period. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you and me. So there it is. To get rid of all that stuff, like bitterness, we are to be kind to each other and tender-hearted. And while we're doing that, or in doing that, we are to forgive one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Forgiveness is to be part of the process of being kind to each other. Now, that is easier said than done, isn't it? But only through God's power can, can he bring us to a place of being willing to forgive how could human willpower even begin to want to forgive someone that's hurt us that much? Whether it was someone who's hurt us a little or over and over again or someone that really did hurt us big time like the man that hurt Craig's sister. That's huge. There's no measuring stick on how big the grievance or the, you know, the offense was it's just forgive, period. A medieval story captures the manner in which bitterness can hold us prisoner. Long ago, two monks were traveling and approached an unusually rough river. Standing alone on the bank was a woman who approached the monks and asked if they could help her across so she could return home to her family safely. Knowing it was forbidden to touch a woman, one monk quickly looked the other way, ignoring the request for help. The other monk feeling compassion for the desperate woman, decided to bend the rules. Breaking tradition, she lifted, or he lifted her into his arms and he carried her safely across the rushing water. Exceedingly grateful, this woman thanked the helpful monk and left for home. 
two monks. These two monks continued on their journey, and after miles of silence, the first monk finally said with disgust, I can't believe you picked up that woman. You know we're never supposed to touch someone of the opposite sex. The compassionate monk replied, I put her down miles ago, but you have been carrying her in your heart all this while. Hmm. That's exactly what many of us do. Month after month, year after year, we continue to carry a wound, refusing to put it down. We say we can't, we shouldn't have to, I want to keep it. I won't let it go. God is clear on this. We must forgive. And he tells us how to do it. He doesn't, always, he doesn't just say forgive. He tells us what to do. Luke 6, 6, 28 says, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. And then Jesus said in Matthew 5, 43 and 44, it says, You have heard the law that says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Those two verses uh, do not stipulate, again, the certain degree at which we should bless those who, who curse us or which enemies or how bad of enemies we are to love and, and pray for them. It just says, Bless them and pray for them. Period. Craig began grudgingly praying for this man that hurt his sister. Over the weeks and months, he continued to pray one short prayer for this man. He said, God, I pray you work in his life. That was it. God, I pray you work in his life. That was it. Nothing more, nothing less. And at first it was, as he put it, as painful as walking on barefoot, bare, barefoot on, on hot coals. But eventually it became more and more bearable. And then he actually started to mean what he was praying. When we are told to pray for those who hurt us, I wonder if our prayers are as much for ourselves as they are for the, offend, the offender. Our prayers may or may not change the other person, but they will change us, the one praying. For Craig, praying for this man over time changed him. It made him different. He made him very different, so different that he began to contemplate the impossible, asking God to help him to forgive him. Colossians 3 one of my favorite passages of the scriptures that teaches us how to forgive. It says in verse 13, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. God has forgiven us freely and completely without any strings attached, no limits, He's forgiven us. And that's how we're supposed to forgive others. Completely. In what's known as the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us how to pray. And he says, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. 
So this morning, as you think about those in your life that you have been hurt by and that you've allowed a root of bitterness to grow up against, God asks you to consider starting with a simple prayer. God, work in this person's life or work in my life. But just begin praying. Just begin praying. Pray for them. Pray for this stuff that has caused this root of bitterness to take root in your life. The ending of Craig's story is great. With God's help, um, Craig had done the the humanly impossible. He had forgiven Max, the gentleman, for this, this horrible thing he had done to his sister. Craig felt as though a spiritual weight had been lifted. The Bible became clearer. God seemed nearer, and his heart was pure. One Christmas, when Craig was visiting his parents, he decided to write Max a letter. Max had gotten sick, though Craig didn't know how serious the sickness was, and in this letter, Craig expressed his forgiveness towards him. The task wasn't easy, but that's often par for the course, and in this letter, he explained how much God had forgiven himself, and he told Max the story of Jesus and his love for us. He included a short prayer that Max might pray, asking Jesus to heal his heart and to forgive his sins. When Max received the letter, he was losing the battle with muscular dystrophy, and he was uh, under the care of a hospice nurse, waiting for his inevitable death. Months after Max passed away, this nurse sent Craig a letter asking if she could talk with him and Craig agreed, and when they got together, she told about Max's last days. The caregiver explained that Max's eyesight had deteriorated and that he had asked her to read him this note that Craig had written. Although she wasn't aware of what had happened, but it was obvious to her that he had done something grievously wrong. According to the nurse, he listened with tears streaming down his face. He asked her to pray the prayer with him. She recalled that his whole countenance changed as he asked Christ to um, he asked Christ to forgive him and make him new. And he died a few days later. Wow, the power of forgiveness. We Christians, true believers in God, can find in him the sheer strength to battle through the feelings of anger, hatred, and bitterness and fight our way back to the cross because that's where Christ forgave us. And that's where we can find the strength to forgive others. And that's where by faith we can find the ability to forgive those we've wronged. And so this morning, I'm going to give us some time, and I would love for you to um, picture yourself at the foot of the cross. In your mind's eyes, you can close your eyes, do whatever it takes, but I want you to picture yourself at the foot of the cross, and I want you to ask Jesus, Jesus, what is it? Who is it in my life that I have not forgiven? that has hurt me in some way or somehow, but I have not let go of. I've held on to it, and there has been a root of bitterness growing in me.
I'm going to step aside for a few moments. We're going to play some music. And we're going to sit, and we're going to think, and we're going to pray. And we're going to do some business with God in the quietness of this room. And we're going to ask that question, God, what is it that you want to do in my life this morning? We've been in this series, I'm, I'm in, but. And maybe there's nothing that comes to your mind about this one this morning. Maybe that's not a bitterness thing. That's, but maybe God's going to bring something else to, into your mind. I'm in, but I like to complain. Maybe there's something there. That was one of the messages a couple weeks back. There was one on the politics. Maybe that's gone by the wayside now. Or maybe there isn't some. Maybe there's something there that God wants to talk to you about is on the politics stuff. I'm in, but don't touch my politics, God. Or maybe it's I'm in, but I'm ashamed. Maybe there's something in your life that you're ashamed of. And Jesus wants to bring that to your attention. And he wants to do something for you today. Or maybe there's another one that we did a few weeks back. I'm in, but does God really love me? How could he love me? I don't know what God wants to say to you this morning, but we're going to take some space. It's early uh, in the service yet. There's still several minutes before we're going to dismiss. And so we're going to play some music. And as music plays, I want you to just be asking God, show me in this space and in this place right now. Show me, God, what you want. Is there a root of bitterness that's growing that you want to help me start in that process? Let's take that time.
don't want to break into the silence. If God is bringing something to your attention, then deal with it. Don't let it go. Don't sweep it under the carpet. Don't neutralize it. Don't pretend it's nothing. You need to work on it. And if it's in this area of bitterness and forgiveness, don't let this one go. Don't justify it away. Don't minimize it. Don't go, ah, it's not affect. It is affecting you. And it'll affect those around you more than you think. I have a tool because forgiveness is not an easy one to go through. And there's lots of different things out there that might help you to walk through a forgiveness exercise. But if you need some help, to walk through something. I have a tool. We, uh, it was actually given to me by Graham Bretherick, a counselor in the city here. Uh, admire him a lot. And um, it's just called a forgiveness exercise. It's a one page. I have copies at the info desk. And if you want to just snag one on your way out, you're welcome to. Whether it's for today or for another time, uh, feel free to grab one. And there are just seven little steps. Maybe they're big steps but seven steps to help us walk through forgiveness in our life. And if you look at the number of times forgiveness is mentioned in Scripture, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So don't think it's not. It is a big deal. And we need to recognize how important forgiveness is. And this is just a tool to help you pray through, list through a person or people in your life that come to your mind that you need to forgive. Recognize how bitterness is self-destructing. Describe the situation and things around it. So there's just this whole list of details on how to help you walk through it. And if you need some help, I know the pastoral team here would love to help you as you walk through it if that is necessary. After the service, Emery and Cher are up here at the front, a couple of our leaders in the church and they would love to pray with you regarding this or anything. Again, it could be anything that's coming up in your life and you need prayer with. And we always have someone up here after the services and they would love to pray with you. But this little forgiveness exercise is at the info desk. Feel free to grab it. And um, may God give you the courage and the strength to make a decision to not let this one go. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word that reminds us the things that you are instructing us to, to invest in, to draw attention to, God. And I pray that this morning you would give courage to all of us and strength and wisdom, discernment, to know what it is that you are bringing to our attention today. And we've been covering a number of things in this series, I'm in, but. And if there's something that you want to address today, God, may we, at the foot of the cross, recognize what that is. And that, God, you would give us courage to make um, uh, choices 
to bring to attention what needs to happen. And if it's in this area of bitterness, God, I pray you'd give us the strength through your power to work in and through this situation, the stuff that's there that might need to get removed, that you'd help us to, um, to forgive. And that might be really huge and maybe farther down the road. But first, God, help us to, to begin praying and addressing what it is that's growing in our life that needs to be rooted out. And so, Father, I pray your blessing on each one as we go our different directions. We thank you and we praise you. And we pray all these things now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless.